0: Welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! How many of you are excited to be in the house of God today? Amen. Praise God. How many are excited about the match tonight? No? No? Come on, you can be honest. It's okay. Uh, How many of you are are, are planning to watch the match tonight? Yeah? See more hands? Hallelujah. Uh, I heard some people in church has got good seats uh, just in case, uh, you know, uh, people watching online or maybe you're here and uh, you've been living under a rock or you've been self-isolating uh, for the last 10 days with uh, no access to TV or internet, uh, what we're talking about is basically the the, the Euro tonight, the finals tonight, uh, and uh, it's England versus Germany, uh, and it's happening at 8 p.m. Uh, no, no, sorry, oh, oh my word, I just fumbled. It's not Germany, that's 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 over, that's over, okay. Uh, it's England versus Italy, okay. We already won that one, hallelujah, we prophesy that, uh, you know, it will be the same score or if not better. Anyway, um, you know, I've just been uh, just in love with the vibe of the nation uh, just the whole last week. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but how many of you have heard people chant it's coming home at least once? right at least once definitely more than once right uh, people are, are, are just you know singing and and celebrating and they are just you know just full of i just love it because uh, after i don't know you know locked up for so long and, and the country feeling so down and negative and suddenly there's this atmosphere of hope and uh, people are seeing in the streets again and, uh, and people are declaring and, and and there's there's just something i'm just so tickled by it because it's just something so spiritual. You know, the Bible says, you know, I think it's Ephesians. you know, uh, Paul says, oh, greet each other with hymns and spiritual songs and psalms, and I'm thinking like, that's a little bit of of what's happening to our nation right now, because everyone's greeting each other, just in case you ever are too shy to break the ice or to have a conversation with your friend, neighbor, or colleague, write this down, okay? At least it will work for, uh, hopefully it will work for for Monday as well, Just, just say it's coming home. And, and, and I've just seen people greet each other, it's so it's so funny, it's so cute, you know, some people greet each other, I've seen literally in my neighborhood people go like, hey, it's coming home, and then the other person go like, it's coming home, and then people just, you know, random strangers just declaring to each other, it's coming home, you know, it, the random strangers in the streets being prophetic, random strangers in the streets prophesying, and and I just love it. Uh, because whether you realize it or not, people are prophesying, people are celebrating with hope, and people are declaring. And, and usually, you know, many people in this country will be quite superstitious, pessimistic, uh, but, but not the last week. Amen? And uh, until tonight, there will probably be more chants of that, you know, how it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home. And, and when I was hearing all this, you know, uh, God began to speak to me and 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 the lord says that you know would it be awesome if our daily walk with jesus was also like that yeah. you know like like people are celebrating and don't get me wrong you know it's, it's it's fun i'm not i'm not that kind of like uncool pastor that says and don't don't sing that no go for it you know watch a match invite a friend over you know and and, and but i just i just go like wow if we can be so positive if we can be so prophetic, if we can be so hopeful, if we can be full of celebration and joy over a match, what more Jesus who not only won uh, uh, any match, He won it all. He won it all and He did it all for us so that we can have hope, so that we can have joy So that we can have peace You know And, and, and I'm just thinking like Wow You know Yeah right I mean, as, as God begins to speak to me I'm like Yeah amen God uh, Wouldn't it be awesome If every day Your people Who are called by your name Would be equally prophetic yeah. You know and, and then maybe Instead of saying It's coming home We're saying that You know I am healed yeah. Amen You know Instead of saying that You know It's coming home Maybe we can say You know uh, It is done You know, uh, how was the interview? It is done. You know, how was your exam? It is done. How's your job search coming? It is done. Amen? Because Jesus didn't just bring it home. He got it done. And and, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, would it be amazing if more people walking around being full of faith saying that I'm healed in Jesus' name? No, I've gotten my breakthrough in Jesus' name. You know, my family is saved in Jesus' name, even if it hasn't exactly happened yet. Come on, right? If the match hasn't happened yet and people can be seen in the streets for an entire week, one more us, especially when Jesus has done it all? And I begin to just meditate. I'm like, yeah, and, and God said that, teach my people this. Teach my people this. That from today onwards, you know, we who are Christians, we serve Jesus. Do you know, you know, there's another title for Jesus. He's called the Word of God. You know, the the living Word of God. And so, us, if we follow Jesus, we follow the Word. And we become people of the Word. And so, one of the first things that needs to be one of the fruits and one of the signs that we are followers of the living word is at least not only in our living but also in our speech because it makes sense doesn't it right that you, you can't say that hey you know uh, um uh, I, I'm sponsored by, I don't know, choose a brand that is, uh, you know, let's say I'm sponsored by Apple, but you're using a Samsung. You, you can't, you know what I'm saying? Or vice versa, you can't say that, oh, I'm sponsored by Samsung or am sponsored by BMW, but you're driving Mercedes. You know, you, you, it doesn't work that way, you know? And, and so, I just feel God said, I want you to teach my people because what we say and what we declare, it is important. So why don't you turn me to some scripture, and then I'm going to go in a little bit deeper. If you're taking down notes, I put a title to today's message, it's called, Don't Jinx It. Don't Jinx It. And I want us to learn to be more bold in our declaration, and not being afraid of this unbiblical thought of bad luck, touch wood. Uh, uh, what what other stuff, you know, fingers crossed. You know, the, with the same syllabus you it say it's fingers crossed, you can you can say I'm healed. You know, with the, with the same syllabus, you say, you know, touch wood. You know, you, you can say that, you know, God reigns. Uh, you know, it, and so God is saying that I want to teach my people uh, to be responsible in their declaration and also to be bolder in their declaration. And so in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 37, Matthew 12, 33 to 37, you have Jesus teaching about the power of words. So this is powerful. This is the Word of God teaching us about the power of words in everyday life. You know, why we say the things we say and, and, and what happens when we say the things we say. So in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 37, if you're there, can you hear good? Amen? amen? Amen. It says here, Either make the tree good and the fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? So if you're evil, it's hard for good things to come out of us. But how many of you are glad that Jesus has washed us clean? And so if He's washed us clean, taken evil out of us, then what comes up must be good, right? He says here, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So, so, Okay, we all understand that and this is what we need to pay attention because what we say does matter. Verse 36, but I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Ooh, For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. And so this is the word of God saying that I want you to be bold. I want you to, to I want the outpouring, the overflow uh, of, your, of your mouth that comes from your heart. I want it to be good. I want it to bear good fruit because I've made you a good tree. And this is important because one day we will all have to be held accountable for every single thing that we say. And that's why what we say how we pray, you know, what we say and how, what we declare over our lives, both publicly and privately, matters. Turn to your neighbor and say, it matters. It matters because one day we need to stand in front of God and God asks us, why did you say that? You know, I, I died for you on the cross, why did you still say that? You know, I, I gave you my love and, and why did you still say that? You know, and then we, by then, yikes, you know. I. And I'm even as I'm preaching this, I'm preaching to myself because I'm like, God, help me to be careful. Help me to say what you want me to say, nothing more, nothing less. But also help me to say it the way you want it to be said. And so, God is saying to us that, hey, you know, uh, 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 this atmosphere, you know, i want to say atmosphere of faith, but this atmosphere of celebration that our whole nation has been going through, there's so much we can learn from it and be inspired by it uh, to be more uh, uh, bolder in our declaration. Uh, and uh, to just, you know, like, like, like for example, you know, everyone, everyone is, is just chanting it, chanting it, chanting it. Now, you might be saying to me like, oh yeah, but you know, I'm, uh, you know I'm, I'm, uh, 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 it's easy for me to chant it's coming home because I'm not personally uh, connected to it. Uh, And and because I'm not personally connected, I'm not not personally invested, uh, uh, therefore, you know, I can say whatever I want. Uh, But but, but the things that I am invested in, the things that I am connected to, you know, uh, I need to be a little bit more careful. I need to be a little bit more conservative. Uh, I need to be a little bit more, I don't know, uh, uh, mindful of what I do say or what I don't say just in case I jinx it. Just in case I, you know, mess it up. Uh, but friends, I, if you think like that, friends, I want you to know that's not biblical. That's not what God and how God wants us to live. And, and in fact, we have, whether it's something that we're invested in or not invested in, uh, God still wants us uh, to, to, to guard our tongue. And God still wants us uh, to, to represent Him and so today i want to encourage us that hey it's not about you know uh, you know your personality uh, some of us are saying that well it's just not my personality uh, to be like this you know i'm a very private person i'm a very quiet person uh, but I, I believe that this is the word from you from god today god wants to remind you your personality is not god and your personality cannot be bigger than god So if God, whether it's stuff that you're privately invested in or or not that attached to, God is saying that my people who are called by my name, I want them to still live for me and I want them to be like good trees that have good fruits. And I still want them to, you know, to be people that represent me well. And and as I was digging through Scripture, uh, the Lord gave us uh, uh, at least three things to think about this morning. Uh, three... Uh, reasons why we can and should be bolder in our declaration uh, not because I'm standing here telling you but because all of this is enshrined in scripture and and we we can speak boldly because scripture commands us to speak boldly you know we, we can be full of hope because scripture gives us permission to be full of hope and so uh, you know like i said it's not your personality maybe what you need point number 1 is to understand your identity Your personality Is not your identity And that's something That we need to understand You know let's, let's, let's bring it back Let's take a few steps back You know Just in case things got too serious there You know Why You know Why can people For the whole week Chant You know, it, 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 you know Football's coming home Is coming home It's because they identify Themselves as a fan it's an identity issue. It's not a geographical issue. Because I have British friends living in Malaysia, and Malaysia is now their second home or new home, and guess what? They're still singing, it's coming home. Because it's not a geographical thing, it's an identity thing. Who do you identify as? And, and, and when you identify, it it changes the way you speak, and it gives you permission to speak you understand? You know, and so God is saying to us, teach my people this. You know, they know, they don't have to uh, live under unbiblical superstition. And so I hope that this, you know, if you have a habit of, of you know, sometimes being careless, and the Bible says, you know, we will be held account to every idle word, every careless word. And sometimes we can be very careless. <laughs> you know, we mean well, but we're careless in saying things like, oh, fingers crossed, I'll get that job. You know, uh, a, a touch wood, you know, uh, I haven't got COVID yet. You know, but we'll say all these kind of things, you know. Or we'll say, a not wood, I hope there won't be a, a, a third wave or whatever it is, right? And sometimes we can be very careless in our declarations and God is saying that, no, you, know, you, you got to tell my people that they can't be like that anymore because I've given them a new identity. The old person can talk however he or she wants to, but the new person in Christ cannot. And God has given us a powerful, beautiful new identity. And and would you turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 11 to 15. John 15, 11 to 15. It says this, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. The first thing we got to understand is that when God speaks, you know, immediately our identity change. And God is saying to us that, hey, I've spoken to you and the first thing that happens is joy must come into your life. And let's read on. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And Jesus is here saying that, look, There are three things you got to understand when when God's Word enters into our life. First of all, our own identity is changed. No longer are we just a sad nothing now. We are full of God's joy. No longer are you depressed. Depression is not your identity. You are now full of God's joy when His Word, when you allow His Word to enter you. Then immediately when His Word continues in, this is my command. What's the word for command? My word. That you love one another as I have loved you. And so as God's Word enters you, your identity and how you identify with each other also changes. And previously, you could be not trusting. And previously, you could be, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, selfish. But God is saying that as my command enters you, you are now to love one another. So when God's word comes in, we change on a very fundamental, personal, individual level. Then our interpersonal relationships also change. And so no longer are we strangers, but, but the, the Bible has this beautiful word that we are to regard each other as, as family. And that's why, you know, if you go to some churches and, you know, it sounds cheesy. Just the other day, I was talking to uh, someone in church and they were saying that, oh, the, the, the church I, I grew up in, uh, in Malaysia, you know, we, we, the, the, the adults love calling each other brother, sister. And we were just like having a laugh about it and say, oh, that's so, you know, maybe for some people that's like cringy, you know. Can't imagine if we, if we do that, we'd be like, hi, Brother Sam. Thank you, Brother Toby. Thank you, Sister Bess. You know some of you are already you know running towards the door. You know, but but there's as whatever you think about it, there's something beautiful about that. There's something beautiful. In other words, you're saying that wow, in Christ you are like a brother to me, and in Christ you are like a sister to me. And so when I honor you, when I look at you, when I treat you, it's not just how i should treat another person because now in my eyes you have a different identity in in your eyes i am of a different identity and so i when your identity change the way you speak changes and so if the way we speak has not changed since we've come to know jesus the question is maybe We have not really changed our identity. Maybe we haven't fully grasped our new, found identity in Christ. And of course, the last thing that needs to change is is our identity between us and God. Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. And so friends, we we are friends, not just with each other, (laughs) but with God. And that's such a beautiful thing. Friendship is a beautiful thing. In fact, God is here trying to even tell us and maybe all the single people here like to take note that, that, you know, a, a husband and wife is not the ultimate relationship. It's not the ultimate relationship status to have a boyfriend or girlfriend, fiance or husband and wife. The ultimate relationship status is to call one another friend. And that's why... Jesus says, in heaven, there will no longer be marriage and who will marry who and whatnot, but we will all still be friends. And so, Jesus is saying that, hey, when my word, when my command enters you, you change, the way you relate to other people change, and the way you relate to God change. And it all changes because of your identity. You're no longer your old self, and, and because of your new identity, friends, your identity, say it with me, your identity, or maybe say it like this: my identity trumps my personality. Say it one more time. My identity trumps my personality. Amen. So don't say that, oh, I'm just not this, I'm not that type. You know, I, I'm not a person who, who likes to talk a lot. Well, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, every personality is beautiful. Whether you are ENFP or INFJ or, 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 or whatever, you know, choleric or, or sanguine or, 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 or type A or type B or, or type, I don't know what, hey. You know, everyone's welcome in church. But our personality must not be our God. You see, there's nothing wrong with personality. Personality is, in a way, how God created us. But then, what do you treasure more? The Bible here says that the, if you treasure evil, what we read earlier on, if you, you know out of the evil things they treasure, evil comes out. But out of the good they treasure, good comes out. And so, if we, what is evil? Sometimes our personality can be evil. And before anyone here feels triggered by that, oh, how dare you call me evil. No, 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 sometimes what is evil in the eyes of God can be good in our eyes. Let me just put it this way, right? We know for a fact that God doesn't want us to have idols, right? A false God, a, a, a created, crafted image of what we perceive to be God. And and how many know that idols don't just exist in the form of a bronze image, you know, a statue, I don't know, a monster or demigod? How many know that anything that takes over the place of our love for God in our lives can be an idol? And so do you know in that sense, one day when you have a family and you have your own children, your children can potentially be your idol. Now, are your children evil? I hope not and they declare that they're not. (laughs) But if if children, beautiful children, a gift from God, but when we mismanage that relationship and turn it into an idol, immediately it's evil in the eyes of God. Do you know what I'm saying? And so in the same way, your personality is good and it's fun, it's unique, it's you, but if you treasure it more than who God says you are, then your personality has become evil and a stumbling block to your walk with Christ. And I realize that many times the reason why we are afraid to declare is because we haven't quite accepted, embraced our new identity in Christ. And, and that, that I, I hope that, that, that you will realize that, friends, you've been born again. And, and yes, you can have a unique personality and you can be introvert, but you've been born again. You can be extrovert, but you've been born again. And in that being born again, there is a new way to speak. There's a new way to pray that God wants you to pray. Amen. So don't go like, oh, it's just not me to be, you know, I'm just a negative, you know, uh, my, my character trait is just negative or pessimistic or cynical. Hey, that might be your old self, but you're, now you are a new creation in Christ. You are a new identity. Amen? That might be the old you called a servant, but now you are a friend of God. And, and, and friends, you know, when, when you're with friends, you talk differently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So God is saying that, teach my people this, that they are now friends with me, so talk differently. The second reason why we can be... Uh, us, you know, faith-filled in our declaration. We can be prophetic, uh, uh, declaring God's glory, God's goodness. We can be declaring, you know, healing, uh, a breakthrough, uh, and and just, you know, a protection and salvation by faith is because God has also given us, point number two, the authority. The authority. Do you know why? Again, this sounds cheesy, but do you know why people have, you know, if you don't like the word authority, let me just take a step back. Then, uh, because it sounds, I don't know, rough, you know, you, you grew up having, you know, uh, some, a chip against your shoulder against people of authority. Then another word for authority is right. Right. You now have the right to be uh, um, um, faith-filled when you pray. You now have the right to be hopeful. You now have the right Do you know why people have the right in in this nation, for example, let's let's make it sound cheesy a bit, to be singing until the cows come home, that football is coming home, it's coming home, etc. It's because the English team has been winning. So if the English team has not been winning, it's a bit odd to be singing, it's coming home. People will look at you funnily and going like, did I miss something? The reason why people can greet each other, sing in pubs, celebrate, and I heard, you know, uh, the celebration was wild. Uh, uh, I was, I think last, uh, there was a match last uh, Wednesday with we Do Homes, and uh, I knew the moment uh, uh, England scored because my whole neighborhood erupted. And my whole neighborhood told me, you know, by just a collective cheer, you know, or when, when they scored. Uh, and, and can you imagine when that happened, no, no one, no one will turn to your neighbor and go like, shh, no. Because when your team wins, you have every right to celebrate. What right do we have? Jesus didn't just win last week. He's been winning. And He's won it all. He's defeated it all. And if that's not enough reason to celebrate, I don't know what is. And so we have the right, the authority to pray bold prayers because Jesus has done it all. Amen? And then, you no, know, the Bible teaches us this John chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. John 14, verse 12 to 14. Again, this is Jesus, right? So Jesus is here giving us permission to be bold. In John 14, verse 12 to 14 says this, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So can you pray for healing? Yes. Why? Because that right is enshrined in scripture, because Jesus says, Whatever I do, you can do. I heal so you can heal. I I, I preach so that you can preach. I perform miracles, you can perform miracles. So whatever, I surely tell you, if you believe in me, so the question is, do you believe, friends? You know, if you believe, all things are possible. Amen? You know, whatever I do, you will do also. And greater work than these, He will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, and the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen? Amen? And God is saying, of course, you know, before you you, you, you come at me, this is by no means a permission to just be, you know, Jesus is not presenting Himself as a genie. He's still Jesus, not genie, okay? And so, He's not saying that, oh, hey, you know, I'm here to fulfill all your wishes. No, He's saying that whatever I do, it's not whatever I want. Whatever I do, you will do also. So, what can we boldly ask We can boldly ask anything that is in the same vein as all that Jesus has done. Because all that Jesus did glorified the Father. And and, and all that Jesus has done is stuff that the world desperately needs today. The, the, The world is, Jesus fed the hungry just like that. And there's still hungry people today. Jesus healed the sick. And there's still sick people here today. And so, there's so much, you know, so what, what God is trying to say is this, yes, my people should be declarative, my people should be hopeful, my people should be prophetic, but they need to do all that in line with what I am doing. And so, by no means am I endorsing some, you know, that, hey, you know, go from now onwards, you just need to go BMW, 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 and then when you open the door, poof, BMW, no. Because did Jesus ask for a BMW? Jesus didn't Jesus ask for a horse. And even the donkey he rode in, he borrowed. But you know what Jesus asked for? Jesus asked for the sick to be healed. Jesus asked for the demonically oppressed to be set free. Friends, not trying to spook you. Demons are still at work today. And, and I'm not trying to be playing down certain things, but I'm not surprised if, 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 you know, certain demonic forces have also changed names. You know, instead of legion, maybe they're called schizophrenia. No, 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 don't get me wrong, okay? I believe in science and, and there are some, I believe that people need to be treated, but I also believe that some, whatever the ails them needs to be cast out. As Christians, we got to discern when is when and what is what. And so, we have the authority. In fact, Jesus says greater things. So friends, the question is, are you declaring greater things? Are you declaring healing? Are you declaring breakthrough? Are you declaring freedom? The world still needs freedom today. More and more people are addicted. More and more people are oppressed. Both in and out of the church. Maybe some of us, we got to declare that I am now free because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. That's how we got to declare. Declare according to Scripture. Amen? This is not positive confession. This is biblical confession. This is not positive declaration. This is biblical declaration. Declare what the Bible has already said. Boldly, courageously, full of joy over your life and over your family. Amen? Because Jesus gives us that right. So we have authority. We have that right. And of course, you know, last but not least, my third point is this. The reason why is because God has also given us territory. He's given us a new identity. He's given us new authority. You realize that even in the physical, people who are from a certain country speak with a certain accent. Their identity organically affects the way they speak, right? If I was born in Malaysia and I tried to speak with a Scottish accent, first of all, that would be really offensive to every Scottish person in the whole world. It would also be inauthentic and it be fake. But I speak the way I speak because of where I come from and who I identify as. And so, in the same way, God is saying that, hey, you're no longer now just from Kingdom Earth, you are from the Kingdom of Heaven. And your accent might still be the same, and praise God for all sorts of accents in church, but the way, the tone, the faith now needs to be like the Kingdom of Heaven. Amen? And God gives us the authority. God says that you can yeah, you you know, if you're saying that, pastor, by faith, I'm going to claim a a, a girlfriend, would you believe with me? I'll be like, I might even say, don't jinx it. No, just joking. (laughs) But but that's not what Jesus, but if you're saying that, hey, I'm praying and declaring and believing that my family will be saved, you know what? I'm going to say yes and amen. Because the Bible says when one is saved, entire household will be saved. If you're saying that my, 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 my dad is fighting stage four cancer and I'm praying and fasting for his healing, I'm declaring that his body will respond well to chemotherapy, I'm going to be there with you 100%. And says yes, and I declare that he will be made whole. I declare there'll be a miracle. I'll be there declaring together with you because I, we have the authority to do so. And I hope this also gives us boldness because the truth is this, God doesn't ask us just to be bold for bold sake, to be positive for positive sake, you know, to be optimistic for optimistic sake. No, but we are to do so according to what He has done, according to what the Bible commands us. But point number three is this territory. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus tells us that we have some territories that He has given us. Right, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you don't forget, if you forget in all those geographical terms, just say some area, okay? Just some area, all right? God has given us some area that we are to be witnesses in, and that some area could be your work, that some area could be school. That some area could be your family. That some area could be, you know, but we all have a territory. In fact, God says that, hey, I want my people to be progressing. Do you see how it goes further and further? Start in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. And God is saying that my people who are called by my name, I want them to share the good news to those who haven't heard the good news. And and, and there are areas I wanted to step into. And the reason why we can be bold is because Jesus has commanded us to be declarative of His good news in all the areas of our lives. And so, that's why, right? And and not only that, I I see it's a double-edged sword. It also means that there's some areas that God has given to you that we are to not just declare over, but we are to be you know, uh, uh, jealous over. We are to guard it jealously, to guard it. So, so for example, right? Uh, um, um, uh, I have a dog. And the dog is allowed in some areas of the house and not allowed in some areas. But the dog, like the dog that she is, will try to get into the areas that she's not supposed to go. And do you know what I do? I don't get frightened. i just got to say, Out. And I expect her to hop backwards. And she does. If you don't believe me, come visit me, I'll show you the trick. And, and, and God is saying to, to me that not only do my people need to represent me better in their speech, in the areas that I've opened doors for them to occupy, but they must also do it with courage and, some, and, and help them to understand that when we speak, when we declare, we are also guarding that territory that God has given us. So, for example, right? We learned this in in, in school. So, all the girls would know this, right? They tell you, hey, you know, if you go to the, you uh, you know, in school, you go to the little girl's washroom, whatever they call it, girl's toilet, and you see a man in there. That's wrong. That man in there is wrong. You need to scream, you need to tell someone, and you need to run, you need to yell for the person to get out. Do you understand what I'm saying? We understand this from a basic level, right? If 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 in the middle of the night somebody tries to barge into your house, who needs to leave? You or the stranger? The stranger. And I don't care who that person is. If somebody tries to come into my house in the middle of the night and I might be a pastor, I cannot promise that bad words will not be coming out <laughs> if that is what's needed to guard my territory. Okay. And so God is saying that not only do my people, you know, in, for example, in the office, when people are gossiping, are you echoing the gossip? Or are you putting to death the gossip. in, in, in I don't know, when, when people talk about bad news, tragedy, are you, are you declaring God's promises over that tragedy? And saying that, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your family members having that. Can I pray for you? And God is saying that, teach my people this, they can. They need to be bolder. The church is not meant to just be a little bubble. The church is meant to invade the world with God's love. And we're meant to, you know, interject into the the, the pessimistic conversation of our daily office life with God's hope and God's truth and God's love. And so when people are just gossiping about the boss, you know, we're meant to say that, hey, it's not good to talk behind someone's back or... Hey, you know, maybe, maybe the boss is having a bad day. We, we have to interject. We have to disrupt that conversation with God's love, God's truth. And, and the Bible says we have to be peacemakers. But not only that, God is also saying that, but in our own more personal life, teach my people to also be bolder because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood only. And, and, and the Lord put it to me this way. He says that... Tell my people this, and maybe this will speak to you. Tell people this, there are some people here, you need to be rebuking the bully called tomorrow. And you're going to say to tomorrow, give me back my sleep. Give me back my rest. Because the Word of God says, tomorrow will worry about tomorrow. So tomorrow, if you're forcing me to worry for you, that's out of bounds. You're, 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 you're walking into the wrong place. Out you go. And for some of us, we're losing sleep over tomorrow. We're losing joy over tomorrow. And, and Jesus, it's almost like Jesus is implying that there is this spiritual, tomorrow is not just a, a time term, it's also a spiritual term of this uh, unknown future that, that always wants to rob us of joy and fill us with worry. And God is saying that it's time for you to stop borrowing from tomorrow. Jesus said very clearly, tomorrow will worry about itself. In other words, the, the picture that God gave me is like, tomorrow is this school bully that's coming to you and says, do my homework. And God wants us to say, no, you do your own homework called worry. That's not my homework. Jesus said, tomorrow your homework is worry. You worry about yourself. But as long as I'm in mean, today, I'm going to do what the Lord says. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to say it one more time. As long as I'm in mean, today, I'm going to do what the Lord says. Because tomorrow can worry about itself. And so we got to learn to, you know, be on God and recognize, hey, today is my God-given territory. God has given me today. Today is the day that the Lord has made and I will what? Rejoice. So, so, so forgive me. You know, turn to your neighbor and, and tell them, hey, forgive me if I sang a little bit louder. You know, no, no, you don't have to repeat that. But you know what I'm saying. Because I'm just following God's command to rejoice. You know, if, if you don't like, you, know, oh, no. you know, you're singing off tune, but you're singing so loud, so what? I'm just doing what God has given me, the authority to do so. Today is the territory that God has given me and my call is to live for God, is to rejoice in Him. It's not to worry. And so we got to learn to speak to the spiritual side of, of tomorrow and says, tomorrow, get out. Tomorrow, I'll see you tomorrow. Leave me today. Leave right now. And let me enjoy today. Amen? And I believe that, you know, God, so, so what we need to understand is this, right? You know, we have more reason than football to sing. Yeah. By all means, celebrate. And I hope that, we, the you know, the team will win tonight so that there can be a morale boost for the whole nation. But how many know that after that, life goes on? For a lot of other people, after footballs come and gone, no matter how the match turns out tonight, the singing will stop eventually. But for us, our singing must never stop. Our declaration must never stop. Because our declaration is not based on one physical event. It's based on the eternal act of Jesus dying on the cross for us. Because of Jesus we can smile at the storm. Amen. Praise God. You know, I am mean, just want to uh, again as as I'm saying this I I really want us to to just develop a new habit of declaring. And I know we just finished, you know, uh, six to seven weeks of of the different I am statements that Jesus uh, uh, declared and, and so uh, Is it okay if I just go back a little bit and say that, you know, if we will be held accountable for every word, then Lord, help every word to count. And Lord, teach us to declare boldly according to our new identity and new authority over our God-given territory what you have done. And so, friends, I hope that from today onwards, you won't be confessing death over your life. We love to say, oh, especially Asians, die. Die. And if that wasn't enough, we say, sure, die. And if that's not enough, we say, die, die. Die, die, you must come. You know, I don't know what that means, but we say it, you know. It means that, you know, death upon death, it must happen. It will happen. But you know what's the reality? Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And so from now onwards, no matter what death or dead end you come across, I want this to be a new declaration. It says that this dead end is not the dead end because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That's how I want us to declare according to Scripture, according to authority, according to our new identity, over the territory called your family, over the territory called your work, over the territory called your sleep, over the territory called your peace, over the territory called your future why else did Jesus says i am the light and so from today onwards you be like i can hope and i will always have hope because jesus you said that you are the light of the world and he who follows you shall not walk in darkness do you feel trapped by a particular addiction why do you begin to declare The chains be broken because Jesus says, if He is the light of the world, then we who follow Him shall not walk in darkness. So Jesus, in the name, in Your name, I declare freedom. Help me to no longer walk in darkness but in light because You are the light. That's how we declare. That's how we pray. Amen? What else did did we learn over the last few weeks? This this is not like spot check but you know, go back. You know, listen, even if it's bad preaching, the last six, seven weeks, even if, if, a, if a broken clock can be right twice a day, bad preaching can at least bless you at least two times. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm the bread. So from today onwards, you can say that I no longer need to worry about being hungry. I don't need to worry about my income because Jesus, He is the bread of life. And on top of that, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. So in Jesus... I am sustained. In Jesus, I am satisfied. In Jesus, I am my strength because He is my bread. Amen? You know, what else we can say about Jesus? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? So when you lost your way, declare, I'm no longer lost because Lord, you are the way, the truth, and life. Do you feel that you're at a crossroad, not sure what to do? Instead of worrying, worrying, Say, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Show me the way. Show me the way. Amen? What else? Jesus says that he's the vine, and we are to be like the branches. And he who abides in me, Jesus says, I will be in him and he will bear much fruit. Are there some areas in your life that you are not seeing the fruit that you like to see? Maybe you're struggling at work, not as fruitful. Struggling in your studies, not as fruitful. Struggling in your walk with God, not as fruitful. What do you do? Give up, pack up your bags, change church? No, abide. Because He is the vine, the true vine. And so what we need to do is, God, help me to stay faithful in You. And even though I can't see the fruit yet, the fruit is coming. Because I am connected to the vine. As long as you're connected to the vine, Jesus says, the fruit is coming. And of course, you know, we learned last week that He is the door. He is the good shepherd. So you don't ever say, you are not loved. You are loved. Why? Because Jesus says He is the good shepherd who lays down His life for the sheep. So don't let anybody ever make you feel unloved. You're going to say, God, I might be in pain. I might just have broken up. I might just got Dumped or or guy or girl rejected me, I feel lonely, whatever it is, and the world wants to tell me that there's something wrong with me. I'm going too old, I'm not attractive. But Lord Jesus, I am loved by you. And we can shout it to the rooftops because the truth is, He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for me. And if that's not love, I don't know what is. In fact, we started by saying that you know it is no greater love than this, when a man lays down his life for his friends. And guess what God calls us? His friends. Amen? You know, why don't we just spend this time just worshipping? And uh, would you just stand with me? And let's just begin to worship in God's presence and let's just begin to just meditate on Him again. And God wants to fill us with new boldness, new courage. Amen? We're living in... And to be honest, uncertain times and the pragmatic news that we read every day might warn us, and maybe we've even given in to pressure and start saying that, oh, no, I hope that's not another this, another that. But you know, friends, that's the wrong confession. Whether you confess there will be another rise in infection or even if you confess that there will be another lockdown. Do you know you have no control over that? But God does give us authority to declare healing. God doesn't give us authority to declare whether there will be another lockdown or no. And so by you declaring that, that's a waste of your breath and your time. But God does give us the right to declare healing. God does give us the right to declare life. So would you choose life and choose healing and choose peace and choose miracles because God says greater things shall we do for those who believe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.